Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. We often hear people talk about getting religion out of politics, but today we will be discussing getting politics out of religion. And I know not all of our viewers are Christian or maybe even religious at all, so you might be thinking, mm, does this really concern me? Is this something I need to worry about? But if you are someone who is watching the encroachment of cultural Marxism into every single aspect of our society and thinking, mm, this is not a good thing, then religion is definitely part of that equation. The line between religion and politics is kind of a tricky one, and in some ways, yes, absolutely your religious views will inform your politics. Take, for example, the issue of human life. If you have a conviction that human life, no matter how young or old, is precious and valuable, then politically speaking, you are probably not going to support something like euthanasia or abortion. And actually, when it comes to those types of situations where the outcome is literally about life or death, or similarly, when the issue is war and maybe you're a conscious conscientious objector, like a Quaker, I would even say that it's not necessarily about politics, it's actually just about morality. In general, though, when it comes to issues like corporate tax structures or trade agreements, no, I don't think most religions have an explicit policy position that their adherents have to believe in. The reason why I bring all of this up is because recently Liam and I completed a marriage preparation course that is required for getting married in the Catholic Church. And for those of you who aren't aware, by the way, Liam is Catholic, but I am Baptist and very decidedly not Catholic. And it's not that I'm anti-Catholic, so please don't think that. I know a lot of Catholics out there are firm, committed Christians, and I really respect them for that. It's just that I firmly, in my core, believe the five solas of the Protestant Reformation. And there are just quite a few things about the Catholic religion that I cannot reconcile with what I see in the Bible. So that's why I'm not Catholic, but obviously I don't find Catholicism enough of a problem that I, I wouldn't want to marry one or that I don't even think of Catholics as Christians, which I know to be frank, some Protestants do believe. Honestly, Liam is very, very supportive of my faith, which I appreciate so much. So when it came to our actual marriage ceremony, he expressed to me how it was important to him to get married in the Catholic Church. And you know what? I decided that if getting married in the Catholic Church was that important to him and his family, then that's something that we as a new family would do. The marriage preparation course that that wedding required, however, is exactly what inspired this episode. And I'm gonna be getting into exactly what upset me so much, but before we do, I wanna say a thank you to our sponsor, Bloomsy Box. With travel being so restricted at the moment, I am sure that there are so many of you out there who unfortunately cannot see their friends and families for the holiday. And even though you may not be able to go see all of your loved ones and give them a hug this holiday season with Bloomsy Box, at the very least, you can let them know that you are thinking of them. Bloomsy Box flowers are as spectacular as the story behind them. They're sustainably grown on family farms around the world. And what is so cool is that when you place your order, your flowers are hand-picked and arranged at the farm just for you. It's kind of like sending a personal one-of-a-kind flower gift to someone you care about. They're delivered farm fresh straight to your loved one's door so they arrive weeks fresher. I love the incredible prices and huge selection of artisan-designed arrangements. There's no hidden fees, no endless upsells, and free shipping with your subscription. Whether you're sending a single 
holiday arrangement or a subscription for someone special to receive flowers each and every month, Bloomsy Box has you covered. And I got you a special discount. Go to bloomsybox.com and enter Lauren to get 15% off and free shipping. That's promo code Lauren for 15% off at B-L-O-O-M-S-Y box.com. So this marriage prep class all in all was about 20 hours and it's pretty much just a marriage for dummies crash course. And not everything they covered was even religious. In fact, I was surprised at how most of the content seemed to be secular and based around things like communication, having a budget, and that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that those types of discussions aren't useful to have before getting married, but maybe it was just that Liam and I have been dating for so long where we kind of already know all of the stuff about each other, but I didn't find it particularly useful and I don't think he did either. When it came to the actual religious stuff though, I mean, I don't wanna be too negative, so I will say that there was one priest in particular who I thought did a really good job explaining the biblical principles behind marriage and why marriage between a man and a woman in the church is not is not at all the same as just signing a piece of paper with the government. I really enjoyed that perspective and I kind of wish that the whole class had been more about that kind of stuff and that is what I thought it was going to be going into it. But as a Baptist listening to a Catholic marriage prep class, there was also some things that I didn't agree with theologically. Where I started to get really frustrated with this class was when the talk about stewardship started. So the issue of stewardship is a pretty big concept in Christianity, like it is in, I think, most religions, and it all has to do with taking care of something that's been entrusted to you. When it came to a talk about stewardship in a marriage class, though, I figured it would be about how spouses are supposed to take care of each other and their children, and maybe more specifically how the father or husband in the relationship is supposed to be the steward over his wife, like Christ is the head of the church, you know, that kind of thing. What it actually ended up being, though, and I kid you not, is a talk about how Catholics should embrace democratic socialism, and I have the receipts to prove it. So quite a few of these different talks were given by married couples who were chosen by church leadership, which I think kind of makes sense because it's not that I dislike priests, but still, if we're talking about marriage, kind of helps to have someone who's actually been married. And just so we're all on the same page here, I want you to understand that this class that we took was hosted by the diocese. Anyway, a lot of the presenters were fine, I guess, but when when this particular couple started with their presentation, I just knew, I just knew that there were gonna be issues, so I actually started taking photos of the slides that they were using. Now, I could tell almost from the start that their version of stewardship was kind of hippy-dippy and not necessarily biblical. With this slide, I don't have much of a problem with the environmental stuff, but I mean, veganism? Really? Honestly, they talked more about being vegan than they did about Jesus, which is a problem if you're trying to give a talk about any part of Christian theology. And, and by the way, the Bible does not make us be vegan. Then the couple started talking about what stewardship meant in terms of society and this is when things started to get really bad. What kind of world do you want to leave for your children? Your grandchildren? Make it that world. And here, I mean, they actually put this down. They thought this was appropriate in a church setting. They put political, pure capitalist versus democratic socialist. And then they just straight up named social justice, inclusive slash universal, one for all and all for one, lead with love. What you should notice about these slides is that nowhere 
they're on them, do they reference Jesus? And when we talk about social justice and this neo-Marxism infecting Christian churches, I think that's really one of the biggest tells that there is, that you have deviated from actual Christian theology. And to anyone who might be saying, well, they're not necessarily advocating for democratic socialism there, they just want you to have a conversation and maybe think about the differences between the two systems, capitalism versus democratic socialism. And to that, I have to say, hey, that is still inappropriate. Keep in mind, this is a class that the Catholic Church is requiring Catholic couples and interfaith couples to go through in order to get married in the church. It shouldn't be an excuse to spew political propaganda. And B, later on in their talk, this couple literally advocates explicitly for democratic socialism. I mean, yeah, this is clearly a boomer meme taken off of Facebook, but it says, a democratic socialist is not Marxist socialist or a communist. A democratic socialist is still a capitalist, just one who seeks to restrain the self-destructive excesses of capitalism and channel government's use of our tax money into creating opportunities for everyone. Democratic socialists believe that both the economy and society should be run democratically to meet human needs, not simply to make profits for a greedy few. Yeah, this is content that was being shared at our Catholic marriage prep class hosted by the diocese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, suffice it to say, I was not impressed. And we have a lot more to talk about, but first I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Candid. You know all the things we would love to do for ourselves, but haven't had the time recently with all the crazy pandemic stuff going on? Well, odds are that straightening your teeth might be one of them, but thankfully with Candid, you don't need to put it off any longer. Candid clear aligners are comfortable, removable, and practically invisible, unlike wire braces. So you can transform your smile without anyone noticing. Plus, your treatment is prescribed and monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who is an expert in tooth movement. And it's all done from the comfort and convenience of your own home. There are zero visits to an actual studio or office required. And Candid only works with orthodontists, never general dentists like other companies. Plus your supervising orthodontist follows you every step of the way. And with Candid, your treatment includes remote monitoring, which means that that same orthodontist is going to be checking up on you regularly. The average Candid treatment is just six months, but you will start seeing results way sooner than that. And it costs thousands less than braces. So start straightening your teeth today. Right now, all my listeners can save $75 off on Candid Starter Kit. Go to candidco.com slash Lauren and use the code Lauren. That is candidco.com slash Lauren with the code Lauren. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 off your starter kit. Once more, that is candidco.com slash Lauren with the code Lauren. And this notion that a growing number of Christians, especially Catholics, have that to be a good Christian means supporting big government, it really is just so, so misguided. Big government supports itself through involuntary taxation, all right? And Christ never in the Bible went up to people and through force stole things from them in order to redistribute it to other people, which is exactly what socialism, even democratic socialism, is. I am all for charity and Christ does compel us to give until it hurts, both to the church itself and to our communities. But if you for one second think I'm going to sit idly by and let you spew Marxist rhetoric in a church setting and try to pass it off as the gospel, uh-uh. 
that's not gonna happen. I am way too much of a people pleaser for that. I'm the type of person where if I get the wrong dish at a restaurant, there's like a 95% chance that I'm just gonna eat whatever they give me because I don't wanna complain. But I will say that in this situation, yes, the organizer did did hear a lot of, let's just say, feedback from me uh, because this is not okay. And you know what? I am sure there are so many other people in that class who probably also had the same reservations that I did. And I just hope that they also felt compelled to speak out because the thing is with, with these people, these people who are trying to turn Christianity into Marxism, they're vocal. They're very vocal and they're not afraid to express their beliefs and to try to push them onto others. And we just, the rest of us, normal Christians need to have enough conviction to fight back against that. This couple giving their talk about stewardship did seem really keen to change the world, but they didn't seem keen to change the world through Christianity and through God. They talked more, again, about their veganism, about democratic socialism, than, than salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, which I think is, is so, so backwards. Christianity is not just a set of values that means being really loving and caring toward other people. I mean, yes, that is part of it, but I think the, the minute we start to remove Christ from Christianity, that's, that's where things go really astray. And I think that is exactly what has happened with this particular couple. And unfortunately, within so many people who call themselves Christians. Case in point, let's look at the Pope himself. And I know some of you might be thinking, especially the Catholics out there, what right do you have to criticize the Pope as a Catholic, seeing as how you're not even Catholic? Well, I may not be Catholic, but I am Christian. And I don't care if someone is Catholic or Lutheran or Methodist or whatever. If you, if you claim to be part of the body of Christ, then I think we should all have the right to evaluate the type of theology you're preaching in Christ's name. So far, there are two encyclicals that I have read from Pope Francis that I think are especially heretical and frankly, just thinly veiled attempts to push social justice in the name of religion. The first one is Laudato Si, which if you haven't read it, is essentially an Extinction Rebellion manifesto wearing a Pope hat. Specifically, Pope Francis writes that inequality affects not only individuals, but entire countries. It compels us to consider an ethics of international relations. A true ecological debt exists, particularly particularly between the global north and south, connected to commercial imbalances with effects on the environment and the disproportionate use of natural resources by certain countries over long periods of time. He continues that the foreign debt of poor countries has become a way of controlling them, yet this is not the case where ecological debt is concerned. In different ways, developing countries where the most important reserves of the biosphere are found continue to fuel the development of richer countries at the cost of their own present and future. The developed countries ought to help pay this debt by significantly limiting their consumption of non-renewable energy and by assisting poorer countries to support policies and programs of sustainable development. I am for conservation and I do think we have a responsibility as Christians and really just as people to take care of the planet. After all, it is our only one. But the idea that as a collective, the global north owes an ecological debt to the global south and is in anyway exploiting the South for their resources. Okay, that is a Marxist concept. That is not a Christian concept. That is not, I mean, that that is not a capitalist concept. No, this is coming straight from a place of secular ideology. And as much as I want to criticize that couple from the marriage class for their heretical doctrine, I mean, I really can't hold it against them too much when, heck, even the Pope is spouting this type of stuff. And actually in that class, they also showed us a video clip from the Pope where 
he, he says more of the same stuff. Estamos exprimiendo los bienes del planeta, exprimiéndolos, como si fuera una naranja. Países y empresas del norte se han enriquecido explotando dones naturales del sur, generando una deuda ecológica. ¿Quién va a pagar esta deuda? Además, la deuda ecológica se agranda cuando multinacionales hacen fuera de sus países lo que no se les permite hacer en los suyos. Es indignante. Hoy, no mañana, hoy, tenemos que cuidar la creación con responsabilidad. Recemos para que los bienes del planeta no sean saqueados, sino que se compartan de manera justa y respetuosa. No al saqueo, sí al compartir. We get it. You're, you're a Marxist. You've made that very clear. But maybe, just maybe, if we have any time, we could perhaps discuss, I don't know, Christ. The other encyclical that I have many, many issues with is Fratelli Tutti, which is essentially a treatise on why open borders are a good thing. At one point, the Pope writes, migrations more than ever before will play a pivotal role in the future of our world. At present, however, migration is affected by the loss of that sense of responsibility for our brothers and sisters on which every civil society is based. Europe, he notes, for example, seriously risks taking this path. To claim economic freedom while real conditions bar many people from actual access to it and while possibilities for employment continue to shrink is to practice doublespeak. This is not Christianity. It simply is not. And my heart bleeds for all of the Catholics out there who, who know that and don't approve of what the Pope is preaching. And to all of those Catholics who do want the Catholic Church to be about God, not leftist politics, I say, you, you've got to speak up. There are more of you than you think. But, but by remaining silent and, and letting all of this rhetoric take over your faith, you are letting the adversary win. I think speaking out against this type of rhetoric is always the right thing to do, but especially when it comes to the church, this is the hill that we want to die on. That's pretty much all I have to say for now, though, and as always, I would love to know what you all think. What can we do to stop the tide of social justice from crashing into religions and taking them down with it? Let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.